This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only nationally syndicated golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by Acura. Launch into performance with the all-new 2019 lineup. Visit Acura.ca for all models and dealer incentives. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks. Hey, good Saturday morning, everybody. Golfers everywhere tuning in. Beautiful August weekend here in the GTA area. The humidity is gone. The stupidity is still here, but we're uh, having some beautiful weather to go out and play golf. So hopefully you're going to get out there wherever you are listening to us across this country. Hope the sun is shining or will be shining. I know it's early out on the West Coast. Uh, we got a great show for you here this morning on a wonderful Saturday. We were going to uh, momentarily actually talk to Lori Kane, the, uh, who will make her 29th appearance at the CP Women's Open coming up in a week or so here in uh, the GTA, the Magna Golf Club. We'll chat with her. Mark Zacchino will be joining us for uh, a good hour or so. Uh, he's at Liberty National working for PGA Tour Radio, and we're going to check in with him and find out all the excitement that's going on down there in the first stop in the FedEx Cup playoffs. And Ryan Paul, who is the tournament director for the CP Canadian Women's Open, is going to join us a little bit later in the show as well. Uh, he is uh, a busy guy right now. We're going to find out just how busy and what we can expect for uh, that tournament coming up, where, of course, Brooke Henderson is going to be defending her title. That will be the uh, first time that the women have played in the GTA in quite a number of years. So a good opportunity if you are planning to go out and watch some golf. It's a great place to go and see it and uh, accessible. And the uh, women are great to follow and watch. Some of the best names in golf will be up there. And we're also going to talk to Taylor Pendrith, who may be the hottest golfer on the planet right now. This guy has uh, really been ripping it up. He won, of course, last week on the PJ Tour Canada. He is one shot off the lead this week as the tournament uh, schedule has shifted from Edmonton to Calgary. So uh, we'll hear from Taylor a little bit later on. But first, let's start things off with a little bit of news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Bushnell Golf. For precision in any condition, visit BushnellGolf.com. Bushnell, the number one rangefinder in golf. It was a good week for a Norwegian golfer. No, we're not talking about Victor Hovland. Uh, we're talking about William Bull, who uh, won the Canadian Amateur Championship this week out in uh, Glen Arbor in Nova Scotia. He uh, bested the field. There was a pretty tough conditions out there. The scores were not super low, but uh, he was uh, a Norwegian golfer who was going to school in the States, and he came up to play at the uh, Canadian Amateur Championship, and he won it going away. He won it by... Uh, eight shots, shot four consecutive rounds in the 60s, and uh, bogey-free on his final day with a one-under and to, to take the championship. Now, that's a pretty good win because not only does it give him the title of one of the oldest amateur championships going, but he also gets a spot in next week's U.S. Amateur without having to qualify, so that's pretty good. He's into the field there. And he also gets uh, a shot in, or gets a spot in the 2020 RBC Canadian Open, so a pretty big... Uh, bag of uh, gifts for the University of Arkansas golf team member. He's the second Norwegian to play in the Canadian men's amateur competition in 115 years. So they got a pretty good record, 50-50 on winning. He's the first Norwegian to win a tournament on Canadian soil since Suzanne Pedersen won the uh, old Manulife Classic, which is not around anymore. She also won the CP Women's Open, actually, in 2009. So, uh, good week for William Bull. Also, 
uh, on the news. Of course, we're going to get down and talk about uh, all the stuff going on at Liberty National. We'll talk about Tiger Woods withdrawing. Uh, uh, that's a big story still, even when Tiger plays and when he doesn't play, it's a big story. Uh, but before we get to that, Webb Simpson had an interesting run-in with the rules people. Uh, he had a cracked driver, and under the new rules, you're not allowed to replace that, which seems a little bit strange. And Webb was kind of outspoken about that. He actually played with the cracked driver. He couldn't replace it, so he played with it, and he actually used it four times when it was cracked. He felt that uh, it actually cost him a couple of shots out on uh, the golf course, and he was very vocal in saying it's kind of a silly rule. Why not be able to replace your driver when it, when it uh, cracks? Why not be able to uh, put something back in play as the old rule used to allow for that? Now it doesn't. Uh, anyway, he uh, still managed to, to get it into the house, and he's in contention down at Liberty National. As I mentioned, we'll talk about Tiger Woods withdrawing with Mark Sacchino when he joins us just after 8.30. We'll get all the, uh, the news from down there. And uh, the leader, of course, is Dustin Johnson, and he can actually move to number one in the FedEx Cup points uh, if he should win this week, which would be a big boost for him going into the second leg of the BMW Championship. And if he can get into that final uh, tournament, the Tour Championship with it, of course, he gets that minus 10 start, which is always kind of a little bit of a strange one. All right, but now let's switch gears and let's go out to, uh, we're going to go out to uh, Prince Edward Island and visit the Queen of Prince Edward Island in uh, uh, Lori Kane. Lori, are you on the line? No, she's not on the line. We're having, we're getting a little trouble getting her on the line. Okay, we'll get her on the line in just a minute. Um, as I mentioned, the FedEx Cup playoffs going on and the, um, the leader right now, Dustin Johnson, Jordan Spieth, a shot back. He's at 11 under. A group of players at 10 under. Abraham Answer, Troy Merritt, Patrick Reed, and John Rahm. Some interesting names amongst that group right there. Andrew Putnam is at 9 under. Justin Rose, Louis Oosthuizen, Rory McIlroy, Wyndham Clark. Rory McIlroy had an interesting uh, rules violation as well, or non-violation. First it was a violation, then it was a non-violation. We'll explain that in a little bit with uh, Mark Zacchino as well. Uh, a number of players who are gone for the season. As you know, this is the first step in the FedEx Cup playoffs. So it's 121 players started this week. There will be 70 players going on to uh, next week to the BMW Championship. Guys who won't be going. Some interesting names on there. Bubba Watson missed the cut. He is done for the season. Henrik Stenson didn't even tee it up, so he is done for the season. He's decided to play back home in Sweden. Uh, Aaron Badley is done. Patton Kazire. This is a sad one. Patton Kazire yesterday was minus five. He finished up his last three holes going bogey, triple bogey, bogey to miss the cut and to end his season. Another one also uh, missing the season is uh, Pat Perez, who will uh, no longer be playing. Uh, as for the Canadians, top Canadian is Corey Connors. He's at five under. He shot uh, 71 in his second round. Roger Sloan had a nice day, a couple of nice days. He's tied for 34th along with Adam Hadwin. They're both at four under par. And then uh, a little further down the list, Mackenzie Hughes just made the cut. He's at one under par. Going home, Nick Taylor, whose uh, season is now uh, over. He uh, shot 68-74 to miss the cut uh, by one. He seems to have done that a lot this year. And uh, so he is uh, he's no longer around for the rest of this year. He can go and Plan for the arrival of his new baby. He and his wife, Andy, are going to be uh, having a baby, I think, later in the year, around November or something. So good for them. And a uh, couple of bubble boys, interesting to watch down there. Uh, Joaquin Neiman, 
who is at 81st. Uh, Cameron Champ, he's at 71 right now, projected. Uh, these are projected numbers, of course. They can, they can change. Mackenzie Hughes, as I mentioned, he came in at 96. He's projected to drop four spots to 100. And uh, he's uh, just started his round on the golf course. So we'll see what, uh, keep an eye on what he can do here in the, uh, in the early going of, the, of his round here, see if he can make a move and perhaps get himself jumped up in uh, the standings a little bit and maybe squeeze in. He'd be a long way to go. He's at 100. He's got to move up 30 spots, so he'd have to do something pretty spectacular. Uh, Matthew Wolf, guy who uh, delighted everybody with his unique swing, he's at sitting at 74. He was the bubble boy coming in at 70th, and uh, he is now projected right at the moment, 74th, but, of course, two rounds left to play, so he'll be... Um, working hard to try and improve his status right there. And a couple of the other guys on the outside looking in, Kyle Stanley, Luke List, both in the 90s, Brian Harmon, uh, Adam Schenk. Some of these names, somewhat surprising, I guess, but you see where they are uh, for their season. Projection right now, Bubble Boy, is Danny Lee. He started the week at 66 on the uh, FedEx Cup list and is now in 70th spot. Uh, two more rounds, as I said, mentioned to go. Adam Hadwin. 46th, projected to go to 49th. Roger Sloan, 91st, projected to go to 86th. And, of course, Corey Connors, 31st, projected to go to 34. He would love to get himself into that top, of course, that top uh, 30 after next week's tournament because then, of course, you get all sorts of bonuses for being in the Tour Championship, including a spot in the Masters. So that would be a pretty nice one for Corey Connors. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, there's lots of golf going on. Let's just take a quick look around some of the uh, leaderboards here. And the LPGA Tour has a, a tournament going on right now in Scotland. It's the, uh, the Scottish uh, Aberdeen, I'll get the official title here, the Aberdeen Standard Investments Ladies Scottish Open. And uh, Mi Jung-Hur from Korea is uh, leading at 1,400. She's got a three-shot lead over Moria Jatanagarn. Uh, Mi Hang Lee and Ji Jong Lee six. The uh, are, and sorry, and and Van Dam are all at ten under par. Top Canadian. There's only one Canadian in the field, and that is Elena Sharp. She's doing looking very good. Tied for 21st uh, after a rounds of uh, 69 and 68. Um, Elena played the uh, the full three swing over there. The, the uh, Evian Masters, the Ladies British Open, and now the Ladies Scottish Open. So she's uh, going to come back, take a week off before they start at uh, Magna for the CP Canadian Women's Open. Brooke Henderson decided to take two weeks off, which is probably not a bad idea because she's going to be, be run ragged, I'm sure, at the CP Women's Open with lots of requests for media, for fans, for sponsor obligations. So she's not playing this week, uh, and hence Elena Sharp, the only Canadian in the field at the LPGA tournament. The, uh, the PGA Tour Canada, as I mentioned, the McKenzie Tour, uh, they are in... Uh, Calgary this week, playing at Country Hills, the ATB Financial Classic. And I love this guy's name, the guy who's leading the tournament, Stony Crouch. He's at 12 under par. He has a one-shot lead over Sam Fedone, Zane Thomas, and Canada's Taylor Pendrith. Pendrith is uh, quite a story. We're going to hear from him after the break. But a number of Canadians playing well. Riley Wielden, uh, Will Bateman, and Stuart McDonald, all at 8 under par, which is a tie for ninth spot. Sorry, along with Wes Heffernan. Wes Heffernan, a local guy, not a regular player on PGA Tour Canada, but a guy who's got a long history of playing some good golf on PGA Tour Canada and in U.S. Opens, and especially at home in Alberta. Jared Dutrois and James Love are tied for 22nd spot in uh, the scoreboard there this week. 
All right, let's uh, take a break. And when we come back, we will chat with uh, the aforementioned Taylor Pendrith and find out why he is so hot playing right now. That's coming up after this break on GTC. This segment of GTC was brought to you by Acura. Launch into performance with the all-new 2019 lineup. Visit Acura.ca for all models and dealer incentives. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade and the speed-injected Twistface M5 and M6 drivers. Everybody gets faster in 2019. Visit TaylorMade.ca for more information or to book your custom fitting today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Bob Weeks in studio. Mark Sacchino is at Liberty National for the first round of the FedEx Cup playoffs. He will join us shortly and uh, give us all the update and all the hoopla, what's going on there with Jordan Spieth's great round yesterday, Dustin Johnson leading, and of course, Tiger uh, WDing with a slight oblique strain. He's got a sore tum-tum. I think that's what that means. And um, we'll, uh, we'll find out what's going on with Mark and Beautiful Liberty National. That's quite a uh, quite a spot down there where they had the President's Cup a couple of years ago as well. PGA Tour Canada, Mackenzie Tour, this week is in Calgary. And a guy who is playing some ridiculously great golf right now is Taylor Pendrith. For his last four and a half rounds, he is 86. That's 8-6 under par. His, uh, his recent performance has been... Uh, Nothing short of remarkable, really. This is a guy who uh, struggled with um, some injuries over his years. He was a, went to school and was roommates with Corey Connors at Kent State, also went to school at the same time as Mac Hughes. Um, was projected to be kind of the can't-miss guy, and these injuries kind of derailed him. But in his last three starts, he went second at the Osprey Valley Open um, here in Toronto, or just north of Toronto. He was tied for third at the Halifax Pro-Amp. And then last week in Edmonton at the 1932 by Bateman Open, he finally got through and won the tournament, uh, picking up a nice little check for 36000 which is what you get on the McKenzie Tour when you win a tournament. And this week, he's in Calgary and uh, playing, and he is just one shot off the lead. Before he teed off in this tournament, however, I had a chance to catch up with Taylor Pendrith, and here's our chat. You've obviously uh, been in this position before. You've made it up to the Corn Ferry Tour and the Web.com Tour. What's different this time around? Do you think if uh, the way you're playing on on this tour, what, what's your is your maturity level different? Is the way you play golf different? Uh, obviously, you battled some injuries, but compare this to the first time you went through. Yeah, I think I've matured a little bit for sure. Um, I'm, I would say I'm I'm less aggressive off off most uh, tee boxes than I than I have been in the past, which you know probably saves me a shot here and there. Um, but uh, I'm, you know, my my mental game is has definitely improved, and I've got a better outlook on on kind of golf. And and at the end of the day, it's just golf. It's a job, but there's more to life than just golf. And just trying to have fun, you know, off the golf course as well, and that'll transfer into having fun on the golf course. So, um, yeah, it's been, uh, you know, I've learned a lot over the past couple of years, and and this year especially, um, just gaining a lot of confidence through the past few weeks, and. Uh, going out there, teeing it up to, you know, not try to make the cut, but to try to put my position or put myself in position um, come the weekend time to uh, to be in that final group on Sunday and ultimately have a chance to win. 
So, so what's the reception been like? You've been there in Calgary now for a few days, and since you've won, what's the? I know you've been doing a ton of media interviews, from what I understand, but what's what's it feel like to kind of be on the on the the next tour event as the last week's winner and being the first Canadian winner in quite a yeah. few years? Yeah, yeah, it's great. You know, a uh, ton of support for sure from you know all my friends and family and and. Uh, Canadians really um everybody out here tons of people have said congrats congrats uh on the win last week and um yeah it feels good you know at this golf course uh where I haven't particularly played my best golf um but I'm playing really good now and uh, so I'm looking forward to uh to teeing it up and uh, my game's in a good spot and this golf course definitely suits my game so uh hopefully just kind of roll it over and uh have a strong last four events and um it feels it feels good to finally get that first win, you know, under my belt, and uh, hopefully put myself in uh, some chances over the next few weeks to get another one. What what's the I mean? What's your sense now when you got you're a little bit more mature? We were just talking about that in terms of your game, but you've got four weeks. You're in fourth place. There's certainly you can't let up. There's no uh, you can't look behind you because there's lots of guys who want to catch you. But what, what's it like now to sort of think about these next four weeks, or do you do you even do that? Do you just think about perhaps the next the next round? Yeah, honestly, I haven't really got too far ahead of myself yet because, um, you know, anything can happen out here, really. There's tons of guys, you know, who a win changes a lot out here because of the, um, how the money's paid out. So, you know, if any of those guys in the top ten get a win, they'll get closer. Um, so just kind of got to not think about that and just do my thing, put my head down and go make birdies and, you know, try to, try to win again, you know, finish because I'm fourth right now, but fifth place is, is, uh, you know, a little bit behind me and then sixth place, seventh, all those guys in the top 10 have a chance still, uh, to climb up in the top five. So just need a strong finish here and, and probably think about that more come, come the last tournament in London. Uh, you heard from, I'm sure you heard from a few of your old uh, golfing pals. I saw something on Twitter with uh, Corey and, and Mac, your old uh, Kent State buddies. But what's it been like, with that, the reaction from those kind of guys that uh, that know your game and know that you probably should be up along playing with them? Yeah, it was awesome. They sent me a video right after I won. They were, they were the first kind of people that I heard from uh, in the scoring tent. And uh, it was a pretty cool video. You know, those guys are both, winners on the PGA tour and I grew up playing with them uh, through the junior ranks and in college. And uh, so, yeah, it means a lot from them, but, you know, I think they know that, that I can win and um, I haven't up until this year, um, but to finally get it, it's, uh, it's great. And um, yeah, you know, those guys have, have played college golf with me and, and they're both winners on the tour. So hopefully over the next couple of years, I can continue this good play and hopefully join them because it'd be a be a ton of fun to be out there with them. Now, there's obviously a reason why you're not up there primarily, and it's because of these these injuries that you've had, and some of the stranger injuries, like the one in your palm. I don't know if I've ever heard of anybody having an injured palm, but but tell us what it's like to finally. Or how did how first of all how did you do you know how you got those, and and how long did it take you to recover from those? Yeah, the uh the palm one was was really wild. I was I was playing a tournament in Nashville and I was just walking down the fairway. I was in a tournament um and uh my hand, I could feel my hand like swelling up and I I thought I might have got like bit by like a spider or something. I, I don't know, but took took my glove off and like basically my whole palm right by the like the end of my thumb was like 
the size of a golf ball and I had no idea what it was. Um, and so then I tried to finish the round. I was playing good and hit one swing and the driver just kind of compressed against the side of the thumb. And I, my whole arm was shaking and I was in severe pain. And then a couple of days later, my whole hand was black. So it was, uh, they said it was like a deep muscle bruise, but it was, uh, took a while really to, uh, to heal. I, I got in, I didn't play for probably three weeks and then got into the web event in New York. Um, and so I went and tried to hit balls and then it just exploded again. And same thing, my hand went black. So I, I think I took like probably three months off, which was not ideal, but I mean, you can't really do anything about that. There's no real way to, to heal that you just kind of got to let it let it heal i guess but uh it's it's fine now and and my my elbow and my my right hand are good i haven't haven't really felt any issues with that this year so it's it's definitely nice to um be healthy and and be able to practice the way that i want to practice and and be able to kind of go out a ball uh you know in the rough or or um you know swing hard at it because before i was kind of flinching at the ball and and my my hands at impact were not where any golfers should be. And I was hitting it high. I was hitting it right and left and kind of everywhere. So it's a lot better now. And then it's, uh, it's definitely, uh, yeah, definitely look back at that. And I've kind of learned to just maybe not hit as many balls, which has actually helped me uh, focus more on putting and all that. And, and uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm feeling good and uh, hopefully no, no more of those. And there is Taylor Pendrith, the uh, winner last week on the McKenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada event in Edmonton, and he's one shot off the lead this week at uh, the tournament stop in Calgary. All right, when we come back, we'll be joined by the man himself, Mark Sacchino from Liberty National. That's coming up next on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by TaylorMade and the speed-injected Twistface M5 and M6 drivers. Everybody gets faster in 2019. Visit tailormade.ca for more information or to book your custom fitting today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Tourism Ireland, home of the 2019 Open Championship. Visit golfawaytours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back. Beautiful Saturday here in the GTA. It is a lovely morning. No humidity. Still lots of stupidity. And speaking of that, let's bring in our uh, co-host from Liberty <laughs> National. <laughs> Mark Sacchino, how are you, Mark? And uh, what's the uh, weather like down there? Bob, similar day here. It's going to be a, a lovely day here and, and Sunday as well. So it's, it's pretty impressive because we're pretty incredible because we've had a ridiculous amount of rain but it's all been at night, which uh, which has been great because it really hasn't affected the tournament. We had a small delay yesterday with some electricity in the area, but really it only lasted about 30 minutes, and there, no rain came from the delay, uh, at least in, at Liberty National Golf Club. There were some parts of Manhattan that apparently got it pretty hard in terms of rain, but we dodged it. But uh, the rest of the way, I mean, you can't find a cloud in the sky this morning, so... Uh, it should be a great round three and ran round four of uh, of this first round of the playoffs. It's been pretty exciting so far. Um, before we get into that in a little more detail, I want to ask you something that I heard a rumor uh, about you, and that Uh-oh. is you shot a 66 the other day, I heard. Is that true? Is that true? Honestly, did you shoot 66? 
Yes, it was. Wow. Lies. Oh, he lies. (laughs) Where is this stuff coming from? (laughs) It's all over the web. It's all over the web. (laughs) (laughs) I had... uh, Summit Golf Club, uh, which I know you're a big fan of. Yes. And you were up there for a charity event, I mm-hmm. think, early last week, right? Yeah, Ian so, Leggett's great charity event, yep. That's it. My, my good friend, David Hempstead, who's club champion up uh, there at Summit for, I think, the, the 91st time. I'm pretty sure, something <laughs> stupid like that. But he had me up there last week. I don't know what happened, Bob. Something something happened, and I had uh, seven birdies and, and two bogeys for 66. And... Uh, and you know, and then and then like as we do, have the round of the year, and guess what you do? You take a week off and you go to work. Yeah, right? well, that's exactly right. That's what you should do. It just it's got to you got to reset the equilibrium of the universe, Mark. That's the way that works. Uh, anyway, uh, so of course, obviously, lots to talk about with Northern Trust, and let's start. Uh, let's start with the big story. Obviously, the guy who's not playing um, in Tiger Woods, and a were you surprised that he withdrew, and b you know, what do you think this means going forward? Well, Bob, I guess, you know, for me, I'll, I'll echo your statements because I haven't seen Tiger uh, close up since the uh, since the Masters. You know, I did not get to the other majors right. and see him. And he didn't play really anywhere else other than Memorial that wasn't <laughs> on my PGA Tour radio schedule. So I didn't see him. You saw him. And every time you came back from the major or every time we did a Golf Talk Canada, uh, you were pretty open about you know, how gingerly he moved and how you felt he looked uncomfortable. And I had yet to see that with my own eyes because, you know, the last time I saw him, he was hoisted a master's trophy. So it was like, okay, uh, this was my first time seeing him on Thursday. Actually, excuse me, on Wednesday. And even on Wednesday, he didn't, he just walked, walking like a, walking different, walking like the guy who almost walked a little bit like two years ago. And I'm not trying to overblow it into what this is, but he just didn't look comfortable. I'm still surprised he withdrew. I didn't see this coming. You know, the weather here is hot. Uh, This is not a cold, stiff environment like we had at the PGA or the U.S. Open or certainly the Open Championship. But um, maybe he's erring on the side of caution. I'll tell you one thing, that round on Thursday, there must have been something going on, Bob, because everybody was tearing it up. To be over par here at Liberty National on Thursday was, a, was, a, was, a, was just a horrible round of golf. And didn't, didn't, you find, didn't you find the strangest part to me was, like, the, the, through all this comeback stuff, he's had trouble with the driver, he had trouble with the putter, he had trouble with the wedges. But, he, I mean, I know his long irons were working well in that round, but sort of his shorter mid irons... He just like seemed to be tugging them and pushing them, and like he was hitting. He hit a wedge into a bunker at one point. I mean, just seemed very strange that that part of his game was weak. Everything seemed off. Yeah, and I, you know, the only thing I can make sense of it, if if you are dealing with a strained back, it's hard to get to the bottom sometimes, right? You just don't want to get down to the bottom. Yeah, you, you hate contact, and, and certainly anything that's steep like a short iron, if you're getting steep on a short iron versus something more shallow, like a sweeping motion with a fairway wood or long iron, etc., might be a little easier on the back, although the speed of those clubs you think would have thrown him off. But, you know, we're throwing darts. Who knows? Okay, so I've got two for you now. You know, does he show up next week in Chicago? Does he play the BMW? And part two of this, you know, most of the narrative, uh, last night at Liberty, and now again this morning, is that this has removed him from a playing captain. That because of this, mm-hmm. he will not pick himself as a playing captain on the President's Cup. Where, where do you lie on those two? You think he shows up next week, and you think the playing captain tag is off the table? 
I think it's uh, 50-50 that he shows up next week or not. That's me going right out on a limb. <laughs> but I think, uh, I think, I honestly think that there's not a huge, it'll depend on where he is in the FedEx Cup standings, I think. Because if there's no upside to him, like if there's no chance he can get into the, to the Tour Championship, then I don't think there's any point in him playing. He might as well just shut it down. The, but I think if he's like 34, I think he's projected 34 or 35 right now. Uh, last time I looked, you know, maybe he thinks he can come back. But if his game isn't good enough to, to, to break par, then I, I really don't see why he would want to play because he's not going to go anywhere and get into the Tour Championship. That's something he's going to have to decide, obviously. But, but to me, you know, he, when he can't practice because of the back, this is what happens to his game, I think. I think it's like this vicious circle. He needs to hit shots. He needs to practice. He needs to groove his game a little bit. But he can't do that because his back is bad. And as a result, he has these bad rounds where, uh, where again, he's just not consistent enough. As for the captain's pick, I think that's done. I, th I don't think he's... I mean, how can you pick him? Because you don't know what, what's going to happen when he steps on the first tee. He could be the Tiger who won the Masters, or he could be the guy who shot 75 at Liberty National. I just don't. I, I just think it's too big a risk. I mean, it is the President's Cup. You can probably hide a player or two, but but I don't think Tiger's that selfish. I think he'll pick someone else uh, to go in that spot. If it's a Ryder Cup, I could see maybe, but I don't think the President's Cup. Can you imagine us having this conversation three months ago? Yeah, four no, months ago. No, I mean this was a slam dunk, right? He was going to yeah. be a playing captain, and we, at that point, we kind of thought, you know, because he had a full major schedule ahead of him, that he wasn't going to be picking himself with a full major schedule in the playoffs. Well, he would have been inside the top eight. It would have been automatic after the green jacket, and it's just been the complete opposite. But I guess. You know, the other side of this coin is, you know, now we go from three captain's picks to there's going to be four captain's picks available after the BMW. They only have one more week to qualify for that top eight. So, if you know, if you can now play yourself into the top 15, for instance, if you're a Jordan Spieth and you can win the Northern Trust and project yourself to 15th now at the FedEx Cup points list from 29th and do it with a win, and you know there's four picks still left, well, yeah, some strong play might get Jordan Spieth back on a President's Cup team, but he's got to do something special that would start here with a win. But I know a lot of guys probably, Bob, two months ago were saying, okay, well, you know, one pick's going to Tiger, the other one's going to Phil, and uh, so we're all fighting for two picks. I, I don't think that's <laughs> the case anymore. Did you, did you not find it strange that uh, Tiger hosted a dinner for, for President's Cup hopefuls and there was no Jordan Spieth. He wasn't invited, apparently. He didn't get to show up at the dinner. There was all these other guys who were kind of above and below 8 and 12 and stuff, but hmm, there wasn't Jordan Spieth. Maybe that's what uh, has inspired him to play so well here this week. Yeah, maybe gave him a bit of a kick in the butt. You know, I, I've been with him for the first two days. I know he's been working hard. He was really open about the amount of hours. He's the complete opposite, really, of Tiger uh, in a way, Bob, and obviously that's a lot due to health, as you outlined, but you know, Jordan's been living at the range, just living, putting in, in hours with the team and trying to get this thing ironed out and even called an emergency session on Wednesday night because he felt like he had nothing to get to the first tee on Thursday. So, I mean, this is still a work in progress. We talked about it on Golf Talk Canada television earlier this week. I mean, like, he is grinding, grinding, grinding. I still don't know if he's there or not. I know, like, he's put a couple good rounds together. But it, some of those late drives yesterday were so squirrely. I mean, so squirrely. And I know we'll get into it a little bit later with winners were to what. But, 
I, I don't know. Dustin Johnson is just so good right now, Tita Green, this week. If he made anything at all, he'd be at 16 under par. He hasn't made a – I feel like he hasn't made a putt, and he's, he's in the lead of this golf tournament. Jordan Spieth is the complete opposite at 11 under. I mean, he's got to hit it a lot better if he's going to stay pace, uh, keep pace with this leaderboard. There's, there's a wild stat that I saw this morning about uh, Jordan Spieth's um, scoring by round. And his weekend rounds are, are ridiculously higher than, than his first two rounds, it, it, like throughout the season. It just seems, um, seems unusual that uh, I, I'm, I'm not a big believer that there's something actually in there, but it does seem weird to, uh, that he's had these struggles on the weekend. Um, I'm just trying to pull that number up, but it's like, it's like ridiculously high in the 70s and his, in his uh, uh, Thursday, Friday rounds are well into the 60s. So... Um, you're right. He's got to figure something out, and he's got to do it pretty quick, I guess, and uh, and try and get himself. Um, here it is, right here. Okay, so 69, 69, and 69.35 and 68.4 for his first two rounds, and his second two rounds, 71.19 and 73.0. So ranking wow. him 172nd and 195th among his peers for Saturday and Sunday scoring. So it should be an interesting day today. I don't know if you got him again today, but it should be interesting to to see what uh, what he does. Yeah, I'll be with uh, DJ and, and Spieth uh, today in the final group on the Saturday, uh, basically watching polar opposite guys on how they how they're going about things. And uh, that number is that's that's crazy, Bob, to see that kind of swing. And you know, I know some of our listeners are going, "Well, that's only two shots." No, no, that's two <laughs> shots spread over an entire season. You yeah. do the math. I mean, like there are some monster rounds on Saturday and Sunday in the wrong direction to give yourself that kind of spread. And I don't know what there is to it, if it's just pressure, but I, I think this uh, this would be my guess, Bob. He spoke very open about uh, playing the first two rounds with uh, Matthew Wolf, and he said, wow, I remember playing golf with that kind of freedom. I remember playing golf where it was like my swing, and I was just playing golf my way, and I wasn't trying to be perfect, and I really uh, you know, wasn't too aware of of the tour and things going on around me and he kind of watched Matthew Wolf and he Matthew Wolf reminded him of himself from many years ago and uh, you know I wonder if that's part of it I wonder if he gets to the weekend and the pressure sinks in and he just doesn't trust it anymore and I, I wonder if that's kind of where this is where this is about you know Thursday or Friday uh, you kind of you kind of play to get in position, but if you find yourself in position on Saturday, you you better own it by that point. And I don't think we're there yet with Jordan. Yeah, it could be the headworms, right? That uh, mm-hmm. good old headworms. Uh, just before we go to break, let's just chat quickly about DJ. I was surprised that DJ has not finished inside the top twenty in any tournament since May. That was the last time he actually was. He's had a couple of. He's actually had a couple of twentieths. Uh, one of those is at the RBC Canadian Open, but. Uh, but his play recently, when you look at it, uh, he was second at the PGA Championship. Since then, he's gone tied for 20th at the Canadian Open, tied for 35th at the U.S. Open, missed the cut at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, tied for 51st at the Open Championship, and he was tied for 20th at uh, the FedEx uh, World Golf Championship event. Uh, and now, all of a sudden, he's back on top of the leaderboard. Uh, what gives? What, why, why is he playing that much better this week, do you think? Well, the putter hasn't woken up yet. Uh, you know, I spoke to Claude Harmon, who's in DJ's camp yesterday mm-hmm. after the round, and Claude said it, it's simple. Uh, right now, it's simple. They just got to make some putts. And he's gone back to his old tailor-made black spider, which Claude couldn't be more happier than. He was very, I was disappointed, but trying to steer DJ to, to go back to something he trusts and just stick with it because 
Dustin's been having a rotating uh, lineup of putters in the bag. And, uh, hey, listen, I can relate to that, right, Bob? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you got a big collection. (laughs) Big collection. Uh, So I know that's been part of it. But from tee to green, it's certainly gotten incredibly stronger this week. I mean, he's just been brilliant. And there's absolutely nothing technical going on. It was just, they believe it was just a matter of things were getting too complicated. They were just trying to make things too perfect, too scientific, and they had to get back to simple and simple to them is a lot of fades pick your target go just just because he's such a natural athlete just let that you get out of your own way so they've gotten out of his own way t to green now we got to get the lid off the cup i mean yesterday i don't have the numbers in front of me but uh you know i'd be shocked if he made over 60 or 70 feet of putts uh it'd be pretty close to that if he has a round where he can make 110 120 feet of putts something like that i mean this he he could he could separate himself he's the one guy the way he's hitting it right now he could separate himself if he has a putting day here Strokes gained off the tee first. Strokes gained approach the green third. Strokes gained putting. He's 43rd. So just backing up exactly what you just said. Uh, all right, let's uh, take a break here and reset. And when we come back, we'll have some more on uh, the Northern Trust. And we'll talk about maybe some of the guys who uh, aren't doing so well and some of the guys whose seasons are over. Well, that's coming up on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Tourism Ireland, home of the 2019 Open Championship. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of Golf Talk Canada is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit WeatherTech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Bob Weeks in studio. Mark Zucchino on the phone from Liberty National, where he's working for um, PGA Tour Radio. And I'm sure, Mark, it must be, you must be a little bit sad about having to cover that event while it's SummerSlam weekend here in Toronto. Bob, you know what? You've hit the nail on the head. I wasn't going to bring it up today, but I have been complaining all week to everybody who will listen, which is basically nobody, although I'm forcing some of them. I'm like, you know that work is best. Listen, you can take me away from a lot of things. You can, you know, cut down my golf schedule. You know, I can miss weddings. I can miss family barbecues. But SummerSlam weekend in Toronto and I'm not there. This is just it's a big shame, Bob. As you know, I am a huge closet wrestling. I call, keep calling myself a closet wrestling fan. I'm out of that closet. You're not you a closet. Me? No. There ain't no closet there. I am just, I'm out there. And, you know, although, although, uh, oh, well, we're not going to get into this, you know, because I'll do a whole hour on wrestling and you'll, be hang, you'll hang yourself in the studio. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, uh, we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on things here for you just in, just in case some, there's some breaking developments and, and let you know what's going on. Uh, we should point out also that the FedEx Cup playoffs round three and four, uh, we have the coverage here on TSN and CTV2 starting at 3 o'clock today. You can watch, and uh, if you can't, though, get in your car and listen to Mark Sacchino call the play. Uh, he's got Dustin Johnson and Jordan Spieth, which is the prime pairing out there. Uh, I wanted to look just down a little bit more to, um, to the group at 10 under par. There's four of them there, Abraham Answer, Troy Merritt, Patrick Reed, and John Rahm. And, and no offense to Answer or Merritt, but I find Reed and Rahm very intriguing names at this point uh, of the tournament and in this spot on the leaderboard. Do you? Oh, completely. And, 
you know, Reed, for me, Bob, trying to save a season, really, right? A lost year, in my mind, for Patrick Reed. Not so much with John Rahm in the sense that, you know, he won the Irish Open a few weeks ago. Uh, although, if we're just looking at Rahm's American numbers and PGA Tour numbers, one can make an argument for the amount of, uh, you know, uh, what, what we feel that Rahm should be able to do. It's probably not the best year for Rahm either on this side of the pond. So I think those numbers jump out at me huge. Rahm, I've watched a lot of Rahm this week because he has been playing with DJ. He's got to. I know this narrative gets blown up and we keep saying the same thing, but I mean, there's a lot of Bubba Watson and there is a lot of Sergio Garcia in John Rahm. I mean, at any given moment, that that switch can get hit and his emotions just completely flip overnight. I mean, he's just got to calm down a little, especially on a Thursday and a Friday. Uh, you know, uh, there's a long way to go in these this 72 holes of competitive golf and on a you know, a Thursday afternoon, you know, he gets a bad bounce and looks like he just lost the Masters on a late on a Sunday, right? So stuff like that. But you know, uh, Justin Rose is another name. Uh, obviously, McElroy. We'll talk a little bit about that later. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of names here. And just that I know um, Abraham Answer isn't the sexiest name in the world, uh, but heads up on this one because we've got what two weeks to go qualify for the Presidents Cup. I know Adam Scott, a lot of the President's Cup guys, like Abraham Answer, he could make a big President's Cup move this week. Yeah, that would be, uh, I mean, there's a lot of jockeying. We'll get into that in, a, in, a, in one of the other segments we've got coming up here, certainly looking at that. Patrick Reed, uh, just pulling up his, his uh, recent results, he's actually played pretty well. Um, U.S. Open Going tied for Detroit, right? Yeah, even at Detroit, Rocket Mortgage. He was tied for fifth Open Championship. He had a tenth place finish. I think he kind of backed into that one a little bit. Uh, tied for twelfth at the FedEx Cup, uh, FedEx St. Jude Classic, and tied for twenty second at, at Wyndham. So he's sort of started to play better. And I know he's he's you know being uh, wants to get onto that Presidents Cup team. He's one of those guys. And I don't know, I don't know if he'll be a captain's pick after what he did last time at the Ryder Cup. But he may have to earn his spot. But uh, he's a guy you're going to have to look at, obviously, and, and keep an eye on because he has been playing some pretty decent golf. He's playing well. He is an emotional spark plug. He's, you know, with the exception of the last Ryder Cup, his team, international team record is, is incredible with the exception of Paris. But then again, you pretty much could have blown up the whole U.S. team in Paris and, and take a, put a line through that one. But you're right, Bob. This could be interesting. If he plays well this week and next week, and doesn't get in that top eight, which is likely unless he really does something incredible in the next two weeks. Where, you know, where does that leave Patrick Reed based on his performance outside the ropes in Paris? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, me, Adam, uh, Jamie, we all immediately said, "Well, I guess that's the last time he ever gets picked." Curious to see if our first instinct was right <laughs> when that went down. And don't forget, don't forget, he. Uh... The last President's Cup, he was in um, Tiger Woods' pod. Remember how they had all those pods and stuff? So he and Tiger are, I don't know if they're, if they're tight or whatever, but I think they have some kind of a relationship going as well. So They play a lot of practice they rounds do. together, Bob. They play, they, I saw them have a couple of practice holes this week together. So, Yeah, you never know what's going to go on with these guys. Very strange, very strange. Um, just, uh, just a couple minutes here before we go to break, but uh, uh, Justin Rose is a shot back, and... and um, I don't know what I don't I'm not sure what to make of him other than he was really slow yesterday, but not as slow as Bryson DeChambeau. <laughs> Did you see some of the stuff that's going on on the on Twitter this morning? Uh, DeChambeau took two minutes and twenty seconds to hit one putt, and 
And the guys, he's just getting lit up on Twitter. And, and yeah. that wasn't the only one, but they had some various uh, episodes and, and videos of him taking way too long to, to play. It's becoming a real issue. Well, I got to tell you this, Bob. I didn't see any of the Rose stuff, but I saw a lot of the Shambo stuff. And I called a couple of shots from the Shambo this week. And I'm with you on this. I hate this. Oh, let's make. The, I know this year they make the the green reading books smaller. And I know he hit a shot that we're not talking about green reading books, but just slow play in general. I say take these books away completely. Reading the green is part of the skill set of playing the game. If you were to take the books away from some of these guys, the Shambo, one of them. I mean, they would automatically get quicker. Uh, It's ridiculous. He was reading the Green Book yesterday like he was crunching for a late math exam. It was unbelievable. (laughs) He had the face in it for three. It felt like three minutes before he pulled the trigger on the putter. And and I'm not picking just on DeChambeau. I mean, a lot of the guys are like this. And I I definitely think that's part of it. But, uh, hey, Adam Scott said it in, what was it, January or February? Until we hand out a penalty. nothing's going to change. Exactly right, exactly right. Okay, we're going to go to break. Before we do, uh, just a reminder that uh, 20 Weeks of TaylorMade is still going on. You've still got a chance to go in. We're going to give away some more prizes. Uh, uh, All you have to do is very easy, Mark. What do you have to do to get in? You just have to sign up on... Follow us. Follow us uh, yeah, just follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. Follow us on social media at Golf Talk Canada. We still got a couple weeks ago, including the grand prize. And next week, Bob, we're going to give away that Bushnell V4 hybrid for anybody that tweets us or Instagrams their Bushnell story. And we'll do that next Saturday. Tell us your Bushnell story. It's very easy to do and uh, actually kind of, kind of a lot of fun. So we'll get that in there as well. Uh, lots of stuff to give away here on Golf Talk Canada. When we come back on our break, we're going to give you Winners Weird and What. That's next. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada for blogs, podcasts, show archives, our YouTube channel, or for more information, visit us online at golftalkcanada.com. We'll be right back with more GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Bob Weeks in studio and Mark Sacchino is at Liberty National where he is about to don the uh, heavy battery vested uh, equipment that will allow him to call play-by-play for PGA Tour Radio. How heavy is that stuff, by the way? It's gotten better. I think it's about half the weight is when I started four or five years ago. I think we're about... I think it's about 13 pounds now. Oof. It used to be closer to 20, Bob. Yeah, it gets, it doesn't, be, doesn't it get sweaty? Do you get, like, hot? Oh, I, listen, I, if, we're, if I get into what we go through and what we feel like at the end when it comes to being sweaty and dirty with the dust flowing around and stuff, <laughs> I mean, like, this this segment's going to get ugly soon. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Ah, uh, well, let's uh, let's move on from that then. I don't want to hear about your hot sweat. <laughs> All right, it's time for Winners Weird and What. And this week, Mark, you have the tea. I'll answer the question. 
You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right, my winner this week, Bob, and I know you've been to this property for the President's Cup and, 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 and maybe probably for the Barclays earlier in the day, but uh, every time I come to Liberty National, I like it better than the time before. And uh, we were talking yesterday off the air. Is there a better example on the PGA Tour of somebody taking basically swamp land, and this was reclaimed land that was a dump site, and turning it into just something uh, spectacular with the Manhattan skyline in the background. And I know when the course first opened up, it was uh, it needed to soften a little, but uh, some of the green complexes were a little too hard, et cetera. But, you know, fast forward to where we are now, the history of the President's Cup here, the history of the playoffs here. And when they decided to rejig the schedule to get the FedEx Cup playoffs away from football, away from NFL p- football, and they want the playoffs to feel bigger, and they want the playoffs to feel more important. Well, how much bigger can it get at the foot of the Statue of Liberty with Manhattan in the backdrop, the top 125, well done, uh, Liberty National, and, and and just having the playoffs kick here, kick off here in New York. Bob, it feels really big. It's a great golf course, and as you said, it's sort of on basically what was wasteland before. There were stories about all the stuff they found there when they were building that golf course, and the skyline, the, the vistas, are amazing, and, and there's some really cool holes along that golf course, including that short little par three. Um, I'm not sure what they're playing it as this week, but it's like there's some little holes, there's some big holes. Uh, I just love it, and the clubhouse is kind of funky too with that big glass all around it and everything. Yeah, it really kind of blends into the skyline, and uh, yeah, well done, and uh, love it when it's here at Liberty National. My weird this week, and I'm still confused, Bob, but I'm not too sure if you saw the Rory ruling oh, yeah. yesterday. Okay, so Rory McIlroy uh, goes to move what he believes is a loose impediment from the bunker, which you're now able to do when he goes down to grab what he thinks is a small pebble or stone. Uh, it dis- disintegrates in his hand, and he realizes that he just touched sand. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know if he broke a rule. If he didn't break a rule, he calls in a ruleless official after going back and forth several times. They slap Rory with a two-shot penalty. Now, the funny thing uh, is that they gave Rory the option of of, uh, just playing out, and they would let him know what the ruling was (laughs) when when play concluded. He said, no, I don't want anything over my head. Just give me the penalty or don't give me the penalty. So they slap a two-shot penalty on him. Hey, he goes about his business. He handled it very well, but apparently inside he was just absolutely fuming. And then, of course, we come off off the golf course, and they reverse the penalty. Uh, PGA Tour, <laughs> it's unbelievable. PGA Tour rules officials get on the phone with the USGA, and they determine that he had no intent of testing the sand or trying the sand. They asked Rory one question: Did you improve your life? He was adamant that he didn't, 100%. They said, okay, no penalty, reversed it. Now, I just, listen, I, I, I don't understand the rules. I'll be the first one to tell you. I don't understand the rules. I don't understand how they, how they constantly change. I'm glad that Rory didn't get the penalty because I don't want something like that to affect the outcome of this tournament. I don't believe Rory was actually trying to improve his lie or test the sand. I don't believe that's what's going on, so I'm glad there's some type of common sense. But do you understand any of these rules? You know, there just seems to be a lot of feeling out. I'm sure guys sitting in a in a boardroom talking about the rules and and trying to come up with them never anticipated these kind of situations. And that's why you have the, like that book on the decisions of the rules of golf. Um, but it does seem like this is 
playing when you don't know if you've been handed a penalty or not handled a penalty like Dustin Johnson was that one time. And in this case, I think Rory sort of tried to avert that. But, yeah, it's, it's weird. And I, I certainly wouldn't have understood that rule. Not a chance. <laughs> well, it makes two of us, and, yeah. I'm sure, and the other fifty thousand people on on uh, on the grounds as well. Uh, my what this week, Bob? And I've been hit once doing my job on PGA Tour radio. It was three years ago, standing behind the seventh green at Colonial. I had my back against the grandstand. I was in a group calling Ryan Palmer, playing alongside Jordan Spieth. I was with my colleague Doug Bell that day, and he was calling Jordan Spieth. And Jordan's approach flew the green and actually hit me in the brim of my hat and uh, flipped my headset off. Luckily, I didn't even, I barely felt it because it hit the hat and missed me completely. (laughs) Yesterday, I'm walking up the ninth hole, and I mean, I am so far right on nine. I'm, you know, you can't even see me. I'm, 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 you could not see me from the tee. I'm so far right, uh, walking, walking up the ninth hole, which was Jordan's last hole of the day. Sure enough, Jordan Spieth, again, his tee ball, loses it 40 yards right, misses me by less than two feet. <laughs> I think you've got, to, you've got to get rid of that, uh, that sensor he's got there, tracking <laughs> I sensor. I don't know what it is. Now, here's the thing, Bob. I'm with him all day today. So I'm going to go out there with a hard hat. So I don't know what it is that Jordan's got in for me. But he sees me, I'm like a magnet to his ball. Anyway, he goes on, by the way, Bob, to make birdie from the hay. I mean, <laughs> I looked down. I could barely see his golf ball. Wow. He got his heels on the cart path, took relief, but the drop was further into the hay. So I don't know how he deemed that to be relief. He's still in the hay, gouges it out. He kind of chunks it out. It tumbles. It gallops. It finds its way to 19 feet, makes a birdie. Ho-hum. Okay, Bob. Oh. That's it for me. Uh, tea is yours, sir. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! Mark, my winner this uh, week is a guy who's won a lot over his career, and uh, he added to that uh, this week at uh, up in Ottawa. He, Jim Rutledge, won his sixth PGA of Canada Seniors Championship title. Man, this guy has just been a grinding guy for out his career. This is the sixth time he's won this title. He won it by one shot over uh, Danny King and Ken Tarling a couple of other good players out there. But, um, man, Jim Rutledge has played some awfully good golf for an awfully long time, and he looks like he hasn't changed. His, he hasn't gained an ounce of fat. He hasn't changed his swing. He's still a beautiful swing. And uh, I just love watching this guy play golf, and congratulations to Jim on winning this for the sixth time. Do you, I mean, here's a guy who only played that PGA Tour. I think he just played for one year, right? But he made his living playing all over, all over the world in different places and different tours, and uh, he's been pretty successful at it. Yeah, Bob, I'm 44, and I cannot remember at any point in my life Jim Rutledge not playing quality golf on some tour somewhere. So, you know, it's always been a name in the landscape of our Canadian golf, and here we are in 2019, and he's still playing well and winning. So congratulations. Yeah, 59 years old. He's just trailing now Mo Norman, who has eight titles in the senior group there. So he may catch those before too long as well. My weird this week takes us out to Nova Scotia, to the Debert Golf and Country Club. No, Debert Golf Course, excuse me. 
And there's a bunker there. Nobody likes to go into a bunker, obviously. But uh, there's a bunker there that nobody is going to go in for, uh, for the foreseeable future. And that's because there's someone named Shelly who has taken up residence in the bunker. <laughs> if you can believe it. Now, Shelly is actually a snapping turtle. And she has laid her eggs in the bunker, so they have ruled it ground under repair. You will not be able to play, this is, play that bunker. And this is the second year in a row that Shelly has gone to this particular bunker and, uh, and laid uh, her eggs there. And Shelly actually has quite a, an interesting story because uh, Shelly actually was found by the side of a road last year and some nice person picked her up and brought her to the golf course where she has made a home for herself and including the spot in that bunker. So isn't that nice that Shelly's enjoying I, the golf course? I love that story, Bob. <laughs> yes. That's fantastic. You threw me for a loop there for <laughs> yeah. a second. I just, but it turns out to be a heartwarming story. Yeah. Good for Shelly. That's and good nice. for them to say, hey, get out of Shelly's way. That's Drop right. That's right. Shelly's right? going to let the little, little ones hatch first, and then they're going to... Uh, then they're going to open that bunker up for play maybe next year. Uh, and then my, my what this week takes us to, uh, to England. And there's a little problem going on at the church there, where in, in most of the churches, where the Church of England has said, you know, we're trying to get more people to come to the church in summer. A lot of people, I guess, take off. They don't come to the, golf, come to the, the church in the summer. And so there's a medieval English cathedral that has changed its uh, nave, which is like one of the sort of like the lobby, I guess, of the of the church, and they put a mini putt golf course in there to try to encourage people to come and visit the church during the summer, and it's working. There's apparently huge lineups for people to come and play this little mini putt golf course, and it's kind of a cool little themed golf uh, golf setup, and they've got it in there. Uh, this is a this is a cathedral that dates back to 604 A.D. The Norwich Cathedral, and there's a uh, a whole bunch of different uh, different holes and swinging logs and loop the loops. So apparently it's working. That's maybe that's what we need to do to attract people to play golf everywhere else is just build the golf course in the uh, in the um, in the church. That would be good. I, I, I tell you right now, Bob. Uh, I'm sure we have listeners this morning across Canada, and right now they're going to their parish saying, "You know what we need? A simulator." Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> We can you can get uh, get blessed by your golf swing, wouldn't that be great? Oh, that is good. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's it for uh, winners weird and what. And uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to wrap up with you, Mark, because I know you have some duties to do. What time are you actually heading over to the golf course? Or we are wheels in? up this morning at ten a.m. It's a big. Uh, it was a big cut, right? Eighty-eight players. 88 players, you know, and uh, Bob, just like everything else in this area, we're actually, you know, on the Jersey side of the Hudson. Uh, you know, it's a 15-minute drive that actually ends up being 45 minutes because you just can't move, right? Yeah, gotcha. Even on a Saturday morning, I just the people here are just, like, just on top of each other. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's a big cut. Uh, and, uh, man, it's interesting. There's some, you know, right now, there's some guys that have left their uh, some big names on the outside looking in that have left their destiny in the playoffs to other people. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see some of them still playing like Matt Wolf, some of them like Sergio not playing and watching the board. So it's going to be, a, it's going to be a fun day, the tournament within the tournament. Right? Well, let's, let's look at some of those names when we come back to, uh, to wrap up with you. How about that? Copy. That's coming up next on golf talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by play golf, Myrtle beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. 
This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Only 30 minutes from downtown Toronto, with flexible membership packages and one of Canada's top 100 golf courses. Cedar Bray is the place to be. Visit cedarbraygolf.com for more information. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Beautiful Saturday here in the GTA. I hope you are going out to play some golf. There's no humidity. The uh, temperature is going to get up to a high of around 25, 26. It's sunny. There's nothing but sun in the forecast here for the rest of the weekend. So enjoy it. Get out there. Hit the ball. Um, maybe you can post a 66 like Mark Zucchino did <laughs> earlier in this week. Uh, he's down at Liberty National where we're catching up. And um, Mark, we've talked about the leaders. We've talked about Tiger. Um, but there's a lot of guys who, after the 36-hole cut here this week, uh, their season's done. And I guess the most um, the name that strikes me, anyways, the most prominent of them is Bubba Watson. And uh, I was actually a little surprised when I when I read that I've sort of hadn't been keeping up on Bubba. Of course, he won three times last year, and this year uh, just fell outside the number and will not go on to the BMW Championship. Yeah, it's uh, you know last year, like you said, the three wins, and that's Bubba, isn't it? Bob he either has it. And he's winning at Augusta or having a multiple win season, or he's kind of completely off the radar. So if you go, you know, go back to 2017, Bubba Watson in 2017 would have been the last person on the planet you would have predicted was going to get three wins the following year. He was nowhere to be found, right? And then bang, he pops up. Golf ball change goes back to his old golf ball pretty much uh, and, and finds a winning circle three times. But, you know, here we are again and, he looks like he's lost in the wilderness. So um, really never a factor in anything this year, it felt like, Bubba. And um, there's going to be some interesting names watching that, uh, watching that top 70 this week. Bubba won't be watching. He knows he's gone. The name that jumps out for me, Sergio Garcia, Bob, mm-hmm. you've outlined his attitude and his behavior in the last six or seven months is kind of more like the Sergio that we thought uh, wasn't there anymore, you know, uh, a guy, I don't want to use the word, uh, prosecution, uh, prosecution, uh, 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 which, uh, uh, where he, <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, tongue tied, but yeah, struggling. Uh, so there it is struggling. When, you know, we just, he, he feels like the world's out to get him and yeah. he's a victim, a victim. That's the word I'm looking for. There Thank you. you. <laughs> uh, and he, uh, but he's back to that. It seems. And, you know, he's 72, where the top 70 go forward. And if you look at the guys around them, Danny Lee, the new bubble boy, Cameron Champ at 71, Hatton behind Garcia at 73, Matt Wolf two spots behind Garcia at 74. What do all those players have in common that Sergio does it is all those players that he's fighting for that last spot. They're all playing this weekend. Mm-hmm. They're all going to have an opportunity to improve their position. And Garcia, he's at home. So... I don't know. Interesting. Big names there with Watson and Garcia and a bit of head-scratching material. One of the, one of the toughest stories to watch <laughs> was uh, Patton Kazire, who missed the cut. And Kazire was actually, at one point yesterday, was at five under par. His, this is how we finished up. Bogey, triple bogey, bogey to shoot five over and, uh, and uh, miss the cut, and he's done. He's, I oh. mean, he was at 122 uh, projected. but So, I mean, he's not really going to... The chances of him getting through anyway were a little bit uh, slim, but he has no chance now. Uh, another guy with no with whose season is done is Nick Taylor, and uh, he is at uh, 120. He's the only one of the five Canadians who uh, got in who missed the cut, but uh, the other guys have some work to do, obviously. 
Um, but uh, Nick, I, th I think Nick will enjoy the time off because he's uh, expecting a child coming up. So maybe it gives him a chance to paint the baby's room. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a long year. They, I know everybody grinded hard just to get here, yeah. right? So, you know, the, the worst, you know, worst case scenario, you say, okay, you know, I got my card. I know where I'm playing next year. Right. I can set my schedule, and I'm going to take some time off. But I don't know. Roger Sloan still kind of within shouting distance. You know, Mac, Mac, Mackenzie Hughes is playing. We need we need a big Saturday and a big Sunday from Sloan and Hughes to see if they can grab that 70. Connors and Hadwin, they're going to be fine. They're going to head to the BMW Championship. Really based on the back, even though they both made the cut this week, you know, based on the back of, of a strong season from both of them. Yeah. Uh, Roger Sloan and Mackenzie Hughes, we need a big weekend, Bob, or we're going to go from five Canadians to two in a blink of an eye, and Mac that would be a shame. Mac Hughes projected right now at 99. He's actually out in the golf course. He's one under through six holes. Uh, Roger Sloan is at uh, projected to, at 86 right now, so he's got a little bit of work to do. He's been playing some pretty steady golf of late. He's tied for 34th, rounds of 68 and 70 through the first uh, 36 holes. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, Corey Connors is the leading Canadian. He's at five under, 66-71. He's projected at 34. Um, he's obviously got six more rounds to play to, to achieve uh, getting inside that top 30, but that comes with a lot of benefits, including a spot in the Masters next year. So um, there's a lot to play for, even if you still get in to, to next week. Hadwin uh, projected to go to 49th. The other thing about Hadwin and uh, Connors, as we were mentioned before, was, uh, of course, they'd love to get into the President's Cup. And um, it's, it's obviously not easy to, uh, to do that. But uh, I, I, like the, I like the chances that they might have if they play well that they could end up being some picks. Uh, right now, they are. Uh, Connors is 17 and Hadwin is 18. Hadwin dropped three spots last week, actually. So uh, big chance to move. But ahead of them, Ben On, Siwoo Kim, Sung Kang, um, Justin Harding, who's playing well. Abraham Answer is at 10th. And uh, your favorite golfer, Jazz Jenna Watnanad, is uh, sitting in ninth place. Here are the top eight very quickly. Mark Leishman, Louis Ustazen, Hideki Matsuyama, Adam Scott, Hautong Lee, Cameron Smith, Jason Day, and C.T. Pan. So um, that's going to be an interesting lineup for, for Ernie Els. And we said it a couple of weeks back, Bob, if Connors and Hadwin can both get to the Tour Championship, if they can both qualify for that top 30, which is in reach with a, you know six more good rounds of golf, I think that kind of gives uh, them a little bit more uh, cred, a little bit more street cred for Weirzy to maybe lay some heat and say, what about my two Canadians? So, um, you know, they probably, you know, obviously, unless they do something crazy like go and win, you know, the top eight are probably not within reach. No. But you can push and get to that 12 mark, that 13 mark, 11, 10 mark, if they can get to that top 30. And, and then, of course, they still get to the captain's picks don't come for a while. I That's believe. right. So they can still uh, add to that and show that they're playing well. But I That's think good. I think a visit to East Lake would help them a lot. <laughs> definitely, definitely. All right. I know you got to go visit Liberty National, so we're going to let you go and do that. Thank you for uh, for hanging around uh, all day today. Have a great uh, broadcast out there today. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you back in studio here uh, for Golf Talk Canada television on Wednesday when we show up. And um uh, enjoy. Who do you quickly? Who do you who do you like? I think DJ is going to get it done, Bob. He's just hitting it too good. He, if he finds any putts at all, it's going to be hard to keep pace. I'll, I'll go with Dustin. I know it's a long way to go, but I'll go with DJ, and uh, I'll see you Tuesday in studio. Sounds good. All right, take care. There's Mark Sacchino at Liberty National. We'll be back 
to talk to Ryan Paul. He's the tournament director for the CP Canadian Women's Open right after this. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Only 30 minutes from downtown Toronto, with flexible membership packages and one of Canada's top 100 golf courses. Cedar Bray is the place to be. Visit cedarbraygolf.com for more information. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Addy Power Forged. Increased stability exactly where you need it. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Mark Sacchino is down covering the uh, FedEx Cup playoffs at Liberty National, so flying solo here, Bob Weeks, but uh, not solo for too long because joined on the phone Right now is the tournament director of the CP Canadian Women's Open. It's Ryan Paul and uh, Ryan. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Morning, Bob. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Uh, well, you uh, you're you must be a busy man because the CP Canadian Women's Open coming up uh, Magna Golf Club is just like a week away, and uh, I'm sure things are buzzing up there. What's the what's the the sense happening at Magna Golf Club? What's going on up there? Yeah, it's uh, it's great energy. I mean, the, the course is is looking fantastic as it as it always does at Magna. Uh, today we have uh, all our volunteers coming in for for their orientation, so the buzz and the energy is really picking up, uh, and everyone's looking forward to that Tuesday final field to to see where we're going to net out with our with our players. But uh, right now we're sitting at 95 of the top 100 uh, on the LPGA money list coming to coming to Magna in uh, in just over a week. So it's uh, it's a good energy right now for sure. What's, how long does it take to set up the golf course, build all the infrastructure and all that kind of stuff that goes along with it? When do you start putting uh, putting wood up there? I guess you might call it in the stands and things like that. Yeah, uh, well, we started our you know our build and, and turning the golf course into uh, into a national open. Uh, we started towards the end of July, so it's uh, it, it's wow. just about a month process. And uh, this year, maybe longer than it. Uh, it's been in the past. We have structures on on the final four holes, whether it's you know the corporate hospitality or uh, Canadian Pacific does a great job with uh, with adding in their fan zones and and spectator viewing. So um, yeah, the, the course looks uh, looks great, and uh, we're ahead of our schedule, so we're we're happy. That's always good, always good. And how many volunteers help out this thing? Yeah, with uh, with the help of twelve hundred volunteers, Ooh. we uh, we make the event happen, and uh, without them, we couldn't make it work. Uh, so. It's uh, it's it's great to have them all. We still have spots left available if people are interested in volunteering. Um, you know, marshals were always uh, we're always looking for more, and that's that's the best committee in my opinion that you can get inside the ropes, yeah. see all the players come through. It's uh, it's really a great week, and it's not a full commitment, so you still get to to do your volunteering, but then you still have you know four or five of the days to to get out and enjoy the golf too. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good deal. Uh, all right, there's there's let's 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 face it. There's one person I think that we're all going to focus <laughs> on ahead of not solely on her, but I think there's one person who's certainly going to get the most of the attention out there, and that's Brooke Henderson. Uh, what what does she mean to this tournament? It, it, she means so much, and, and it's not just the tournament. It's it's Canadian golf altogether. But you you really see you know how she inspires. Uh, especially the kids when, when she comes out and, and the following that she gets. But, uh, you know, and it's it's every market we go in, but you just see uh, all these girls lined up on the first tee ready to watch her, and they're all wearing their ping hats, and some even go far to get their, their polos branded with the same logos to, really? to look exactly like her. It's, uh, it's, it's incredible. And, 
you know, that's from, from her play alone. But then, you know, you take that a step further and, and the type of person that she is. And uh, she's just an incredible, humble uh, athlete and, and a great ambassador for, for our tournament, Canadian Pacific and, and Canadian golf. Now, she's not the only Canadian, obviously. They've got a, a bunch of them. I know Laurie Kane uh, is going to play in her 29th. CP Canadian Women's Open, which will be the most ever. Um, that's a pretty remarkable, uh, remarkable run for her. And she still, you know, she still likes to play. She still likes to compete. I know she's not quite what she was in her heyday, but uh, she's she's a lovely work person to to spend some time with too. If anyone fans out there get a chance to do that, yeah, absolutely. She's uh, and we talk about uh, Brooke being a great bat ambassador. So is Lori. Lori's incredible, and um, you know even. Playing in her 29th uh, CP Women's Open, she still uh, she still strikes the ball very well, and she's a she's a fun player to watch. Uh, she really she really gets the crowd into it too when she's playing. So um, if you're if you're out on the course and, and she's coming by, make sure you stay and watch because it's a lot of fun. Um, there's there's one other person in this field who I don't know who who has piqued my interest, and that's Michelle Yu. Uh, who got it got a spot into this tournament by finishing as the low Canadian in the Canadian Women's Amateur, and she's 12. She's 12 years old. Is that right? Yeah, it's uh, it's incredible. And uh, you know, I, I always give a call to uh, to our players who have either uh, we've offered an exemption or have earned one. In, in her case, and uh, it's yeah, 12 years old. It, it's unbelievable. She's just kind of over overwhelmed by it, and, and just trying to understand what what is happening. That she's uh, she's going to be teeing it up with the with the world's best, but she's uh, she's really excited and and can't wait. But you know, in talking to her, it's it's funny because she's just you know looking forward to playing beside her her right. idols and the people that she that she's been looking up to her whole life. <laughs> yeah, uh, all twelve years of it. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a, it's a dream come true uh, for the most part. But uh, it, she seems excited and and ready to ready to take on the challenge. I'm amazed to think that uh, you know I always think Brooke Henderson's pretty young at 21 years old, and now you've yeah. got this one who's who's like half the age of uh, of Brooke Henderson playing. But they're obviously doing some uh, some good things. Give us give us a, an idea of of some of the other international players who are uh, committed to the tournament so far. Yeah, well, and like I said, we have 95 of the of the top 100 players uh, committed to the event. There's there's 32 countries that are are represented, so we have all the. All the players from from the money list down. Uh, we just had commitments from uh, Jennifer Kupcho and, and Maria Sassi, which is which is great. I know uh, the interest that they drummed up with their kind of showdown at Augusta and then mm-hmm. playing together at the Dow. Like they've almost started this, uh, you know, kind of mini rivalry, or or uh, we're trying to turn it into a rivalry. It's <laughs> uh, the same, but uh, you know, it's great to have them and uh, Lexi Thompson and the Cordis sisters, Lydia Ko and Shen Shen Fang. Uh, Jin Young who's won three times this year. It's uh, I think you can just go down the list. It's uh, there's really no shortage of, of talent in this field, and with us being the the highest purse outside of the outside of the majors and, and tour championship, it's it's something that we usually get. But uh, this year, it's it's our highest ever. Wow, that's great. Uh, there's also a big charity component to this tournament. Um, I know Birdies for Heart is a big program that's being run by the CP and, and, and this tournament to try and raise some money. Just give us a little insight into, into how that works and, and that, whole, uh, uh, that whole charitable aspect. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, charity is, a, is an important part to, to us and CP, and it really is the identity of the, of the CP Women's Open. And, you know, we go from market to market and, and make a positive impact to a children's hospital uh, in the region. And, and this year we've, uh, we've selected sick kids as the primary beneficiary. Uh, so we're on a, on a trek to to donate uh, $2 million. Uh, 
and a big portion of that comes from the help of the players. And we selected the 17th hole as uh, the birdies for heart hole, like you mentioned. So every time a player makes a birdie, CP donates $5,000 to to sick kids. And they've been doing this since 2014. And we've had holes where we've seen birdies anywhere from from 70 throughout the week to 110. So they don't uh, they don't pick the challenging holes; they pick the exciting ones. And uh, I think 17 is a is a beautiful hole for it too, especially with um, you know the Adina Springs Farm and all the horses that are kind of walking around in that area. It's really some some nice nostalgia. Yeah, give me give me just a little rundown of our listeners, uh, uh, an aspect, an idea of what this golf course is like, and uh, and where people should go to watch. What's the best viewing areas? Things like that. Yeah, it's a it's a very big course. Uh, I mean, every hole is is magnificent. But uh, what we've really done is we've we've created an area and we've called it the Horseshoe, and that ties in nicely to Magna and uh, and Astronics and everything that the history of Magna is. But uh, hole sixteen to eighteen wrap around the clubhouse like a horseshoe. They're the final three stretches. They're they're exciting holes. They're challenging holes. Uh, you know, 16's got this big, massive uh, tree right in the middle of the fairway that uh, if you're not pinpoint with your with your drive, you can find yourself into some uh, interesting situations for your second shot. Uh, 17, like I said, is the breeze for hard hole. So uh, us and CP really uh, build a fan engagement area around this. So, um, you know, you can you can park yourself there for the day and, and you have everything you need from food to washrooms, uh, activities and, and great golf that you don't really don't have to leave that hole. And then at 18 being the, the 72nd hole on Sunday is always a great one. And it's a uh, it's a challenging uphill par four that uh, will add some excitement. And, and if players aren't careful, uh, they could find themselves, you know, looking at bogey or, or worse. So, um mm. Definitely a uh, a great stretch of holes right there, and and it's all nice and close and around the clubhouse and the range. So that's that's the area that I would go watch uh, coming out. It's always fun to stand at the range and uh, watch players hit. They got such mm-hmm. beautiful rhythm. Uh, tickets are on sale. They're uh, they're pretty good prices too. Early week you can get in for twenty bucks. Later in the week, fifty bucks for a day. And uh, there's a special uh, a special incentive for kids, correct? Yeah, kids uh, twelve and under get in free, and and that's a big thing for Golf Canada is really growing the game to golf and, and introducing it to youth. So. Uh, we have no restrictions on that. If uh, a group of kids want to get a bus and, and come on out, they don't need a ticketed adult or anything like that. Uh, we welcome them. We have youth viewing zones throughout the throughout the course and lots of activities for them too when they want to step away from the action and blow off some steam. Okay, you can get your tickets. CP, CPWomensOpen.com is the website, probably the easiest place to get it. Am I correct with that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, and volunteer information is on there as well. Okay, so if you want to volunteer or if you uh, want to just come out and spectate, uh, if you're if you got kids 12 and under, hey, I just realized Michelle Liu can get in for free, right? Yeah. She's 12. Okay, that's good. That's good. She won't have to pay. <laughs> but uh, but seriously, this is a great opportunity to see uh, some of the best golfers in the world, including the defending champion who just happens to be a Canadian and our own Brooke Henderson. Uh, Ryan, thanks so much for uh, for coming on and sharing some information for us. Thanks for having me, and uh, we'll see you in just over a week. Yeah, looking forward to it. Can't wait to get up there. Thanks, uh, that that is uh, <laughs> that is Ryan Paul, who's the tournament director for the CP Women's Open. Uh, that gets underway a week from uh, Monday, starting up there at uh, Magna Golf Course. If you want any more information on that, go to cpwomensopen.com. The homepage, you'll see a beautiful picture of Brooke holding up the trophy from last year. And having been uh, last year in Regina to watch it at Wascana, I'm predicting that it will be considerably warmer here than it was there last year, where it, I think it started off on the Sunday at about uh, 8 degrees. So it uh, looks like it's going to be nice and sunny and warm for uh, all that. Get up there, watch Brooke Henderson, Laurie Keane, and all the rest of the Canadians, Elena Sharp and Brittany Marchand, and so many good uh, Canadian players as well as the international players. 
All right, when we come back, we are going to be joined by the head producer himself, Mr. Jamie Rydell. We're going to have a little chat about golf, all things golf, and uh, look at the leaderboards, and that's coming up right after this. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Addy Power Forged. Increased stability exactly where you need it. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. This segment of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura, is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit muskokabayresort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, the final home stretch here as we wrap things up on a beautiful Saturday here in the GTA area. Lots of stuff to do out there. Taste of the Danforth is underway. There's some tennis up at Rogers Center with a uh, Canadian in the semifinals. And, of course, at 3 o'clock on TSN and CTV2, there is the Northern Trust, the first stop in the uh, PGA Tour playoffs. And joining me on the line right now is a guy who knows all about every part of that, including uh, Taste of the Danforth. It's Jamie Rydell, our head producer for <laughs> golf. And uh, do they have a taste of Baden, where you live? Do they have, like, one of those if that closes the streets down? If they did, a lot of German food, we'd have a lot of schnitzel. That's right, a lot of schnitzel. <laughs> That's hey, good. I like the cheers, all right. That's right, that's right. Uh, let's talk about this, uh, what's going on with the Northern Trust. And, of course, the big story is uh, T-W-W-D. And um, yeah. uh, I can't say I was really surprised when he pulled out yeah. after that opening round 75. Uh, what were your thoughts on it, and and what do you make of his season post-Masters? Well, his season post-Masters is really kind of incomplete. Like, he, he gave us all hope, but I think it, some, in some ways it was probably false hope. I think, you know, we've talked about this a lot of weeks. He had, you know, he's only got so many swings left on that back, mm-hmm. and, you know, you could tell he geared up for the Masters, and the Masters is a tournament that he thinks no matter what, maybe if he doesn't have his full game, he could still win there. It's not very penalizing in the rough. Yep. Um, he knows the course better than any. And and he, I think he believes he can win there if he has some sort of game. Um, but other than that, I think gearing up for that and the fact that he was trying to get back into shape the year before has really caught up to him. Yeah. And it's hard when you can't practice, right? It's exactly it. I mean... With that round that he played, uh, the first round he played at Northern Trust, that's his, just his 13th competitive round since he slipped on the green jacket. Yeah, tells you that crazy. he has not played a lot. And I agree with you. I think it's a cyclical thing. I think right now what he needs to do to improve his game is to practice. But because of his bad back, he can't practice. So he's caught in this kind of spiral, this little vortex of, of you know, nothingness where he can't yeah. do anything. And I'm, I'm really so 50-50 on whether he plays next week because if his game is this mm-hmm. bad or this poor and he's still uncomfortable, what's the upside? I mean, I guess, yes, he wants to get to the Tour Championship, um, but, you know, he's, not, he's probably not going to beat anybody if he's, if he's playing the way he did in that first round. It's, it's sort of yeah. uh, under, uh, hard to sort of uh, conceptualize how we could uh, put some low numbers on the, on the round or on the scorecard, even though apparently earlier in the week, when he first round when he practiced, he actually was playing pain-free. Right. And, but even that, like, you know, I think he's 37th right now. Um, as far as the live projections go, that's a lot of ground to make up in one tournament. Like that's pretty much a top 10 finish, top 15 finish. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if he's got it in him. I really don't. Um, he certainly hasn't shown to anybody that he has it. And, you know, and I, I just wonder, 
what he's going to do the rest of the year. He's already committed to that tournament in Japan, the Zozo. Mm-hmm. And like, is he's he got really a he's got a match with across Ro- the country. He's got a match with Rory as well. Right. Like, is he really flying across the world? Yeah. Um, in his situation, and you know, if it is an oblique, you know, okay, I, that's fine. It may not be tied to the back, but that could just be a smoke screen. We know Tiger. Um, well- and we we know we saw look we saw at the Open Championship and at uh, at Pebble Beach for the U.S. Open that he was in discomfort. That was clearly mm-hmm. the back. That was clearly the back. So, mm-hmm. like you said, there's only so many swings left in that back. Right. We thought you know I I had said you know maybe get another five years out of him of solid play and maybe we're, maybe he doesn't even have that. Yeah. You know I think you know it's what makes Fred Couples what he did with his back issues right. pretty incredible that he was able to go out there and you know, play well at the Masters after not playing and then go on the Champions Tour and win a few times um, and compete still, even though he didn't know when he woke up any day yeah. what his back was going to do. And I think Tiger's in that same situation. All right, let's move uh, Let's move down uh, and look at some other players here. DJ, leading. Yeah. Are you surprised at that? He has not been inside the top 20 since May. Uh, he's had two top 20 finishes, one of them at the RBC Canadian Open. Uh, but his game has not looked, I don't think it's looked terrible, but it's never no. really looked sharp. And yet here he is, and Mark Skino was saying, like, you know, he hasn't really putted all that well, and yet right. there he is at the top of the leaderboard. Well, I think he, he has putted well this week. Yeah. Um, but in the there's no question, Mark's right. Um, it's been his putting. Like, his ball-striking stats are, are fine the last few months, but he hasn't made a putt at all. You saw that at the majors. Um especially at Pebble, like he didn't make anything. Um, so I, I, you know, when DJ putts, here we go, right? He could go yeah. on runs. If he's, if he's comfortable with the putter, he hits the ball so good. It's him and Rory are kind of similar. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think DJ struggles with the putter as much as we kind of see Rory struggling with the putter, but those guys hit the ball so good that if they're putting well, they're almost impossible to beat. Yeah. And, that's what we're seeing right now for DJ at the Northern Trust, who uh, who could get his fifth win in the FedEx Cup. Yeah, um, right. Should he finish this off uh, in, in the FedEx Cup history, which is the most would be the most ever. Um, but you know, the course is soft, and that's good for DJ. Yeah, strokes gained off the tee. He's first. Strokes gained approach to the green. He's third. Strokes gained tee to green. He's second. Uh, around the green, forty second. And strokes gained putting, forty second. He was negative. Uh, strokes gained putting in his second round. He was positive right. in his first round. But putts per green in regulation, he's seventh. So, right. uh, so there is some some bright spots in his putting as well. In his longest drive, by the way, three forty-five. Yeah. That's uh, yeah, that's all right. That's, that's not those, bad those either. Those guys, like that's what we're saying about Rory. If Rory could just be fortieth, right? Like he would win. He would win often. Like he he wouldn't go in slumps. Um, yeah. It's just a matter of staying there consistently for those guys. Now, Rory's at 9-under. He's still well within shouting distance. Uh, mm-hmm. Jordan Spieth, though, was a very interesting name. 67-64 yesterday. That was a great round. And now he goes into the weekend where he's like a stroke, a full stroke, in some cases almost two strokes on Saturday and Sunday, uh, higher than his Thursday-Friday round. His scoring average, he's ranked in the 170s and the 190s for Saturday and Sunday. That's amazing. just the weirdest stat that I've ever seen in my life, and I don't know what why if it's if there's really anything to it or why he plays poorly on the weekends yeah i don't i don't understand that either for a guy that's won the tournaments that he's won in the ways that he's won some of them um it's a staggering stat but you know right now he looks good he seems to have 
he seems to have everything together off the tee. Um, he's only made one bogey. So that's impressive enough for him. I think, uh, I think Thursday's round was his first bogey free round since like February. That's right. That's right. And he's, um, uh, he's projected ninth right now to go from 69th to ninth right now, Yeah, which he was right on that bubble. Yeah. So he needed to play well. And, you know, I think even, even if he stays around where he is on the weekend, he'll probably still make it. He'll probably have enough to make it to next week. And then who knows, get into the tour championship. But you know, it's, it's hard to believe that we're over a year, you know, almost two years since he's won. Yeah, British Open, right? British Open. Like, that's, um, that's you know, a- he keeps saying that, you know, we were there at the PGA when, you know, he kind of just, he, he said this, we, his, his performance kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, we weren't really expecting anything. And he ended up having a top five. And he said there are signs that are coming back. And he's kept saying that throughout the year. That it hasn't really showed because he's been he's put he's put himself in this position before after 36 holes, and as you as you pointed out, his weekend numbers have been just awful. Yeah, that's um, right. What does he so, have to do? What do you think he has to do to catch uh, Tiger Woods' eye to get uh, onto the yeah, President's Cup team? Yeah, that's the other thing, right? He's playing for that mm-hmm, because um, they had the, they had the dinner this week and he wasn't invited. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> or he didn't. He wasn't there. I shouldn't say he wasn't he invited. Wasn't I don't there, know yeah. that. But he wasn't there, which I thought was unusual. All the prospects for the uh, Presidents Cup, right? For the Presidents Cup, and he's nowhere close. I think he's thirtieth. Yeah. Right. Somewhere down there. But if he shows any sign that his game is going to be consistent, I, I honestly don't know how you don't put him on the team. Um, because, you know, you look at the you look at who's up there. There's not. You know, there's some guys that have played past champ, past uh, Ryder Cups and Presidents Cup, but there's not a lot. I think maybe half of them would be First guys timers. that are fairly new to these uh, to these proceedings. So um, I think he's just got to show any sort of game, don't you? Yeah, I think so. I think he's. I think he's got. To, he can play himself off it. Um, yes. But but I think he can play himself on it with some pretty easily. With with some some good performances, and the other guy who's just a couple shots back there is also Patrick Reed, who uh, yeah. has bogey free through two rounds and who's right. fighting for a spot there. But um, I'd be interesting to see if he gets picked. It just make I think for for Jordan and and maybe even Patrick too, just make Eastlake, and you know that might be enough for Tiger. But you know the tournament's not till December. That's right. So still got a ways to go. Who the heck knows between how many tournaments they're all going to play? One and. Who's going to be playing well two, three months down the line? Yeah, um, it's a strange, it's a strange situation for all because the top eight have the top eight end after the BMW, and I don't think Jordan can get into the top eight. But you know, he could be playing all well and good. Tiger makes his picks, and they get to December, and it's who the heck knows what you're going to get from all of the players, really. Yeah. All right, very very quickly, uh, we got a, just uh, forty five seconds or so left. Right. Cor- Corey Connors, right yeah. now, do you think he makes it to East Lake? He's thirty projected to go thirty fourth right now. Yeah, I think um, not to go to place. 34th. I think he's got to have. A, I think he's got to have a good weekend, a good solid weekend, maybe get into the top fifteen. But you know, at thirty fourth, he's still right in there. So um, you know, we like Corey. We like how he plays. Um, he uh, he had a good first round and. You just stay in that mix, right? Just stay in that top 35. Yeah. For me, it's just, a, you know, just stay where you are. Get into the top 15, and you'll have a real shot at the BMW. 
Yeah. Well, we didn't uh, we didn't give you the leaderboards, but we did give them a little bit earlier. But the leaderboard updates, our chat around them, is brought to you by the Oshawa Golf and Curling Club. Since 1906, the home of golf in Durham, now offering trial memberships with unlimited access for 2019. To find out how you can visit oshawagolf.com. Go down, check that out. Tradition, community, golf. Oshawa Golf and Curling Club. Jamie, thank you very much for your time. And uh, we will uh, we will catch up to you this week with Golf Talk Canada and everything that is golf. And that's it for our show today. Thanks for joining us. Go out, hit the golf ball, folks. Love to see you. Uh, love to see your scores. And don't forget to uh, send us your uh, Bushnell moments. That's it for Golf Talk Canada for today. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, podcasts, show archives, our YouTube channel, or for more information, visit us online at GolfTalkCanada.com.